Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. In today's study, we get a look at the seventh bowl judgment. It is a sobering view of God's wrath outpoured on the sinful rebellion of the world. It is also part of God's preparation for the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus. So please, open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 16, and join us for The Earth Shaken. As we prepare to study God's Word, would you join me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we are humbled when we look at all of your judgments upon the earth during this period of time. It is a time when we will view these things from heaven. It is a time when we are safe from this wrath. At the same time, it brings sorrow and pain as we see and anticipate the suffering of those who continue to rebel against your grace and mercy. At the same time, Father, I trust that we trust in your justice, in your righteous, holy behavior towards sinful man. But you're not simply going to judge mankind. We see clearly that you're going to judge all of creation because our sin has tainted all of creation. And so, Father, just like your salvation is complete, your judgment is also complete as well. Give us understanding. Help us to soberly, and yet with peace, view these things. Worshiping you, being reminded to live righteously before you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Revelation 16, verse 17, we read, Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. In this chapter, we have seen the bowls of God's wrath poured out on the earth, resulting in sores, the seas, the fresh waters, the sun, and now in verse 17, we see this bowl poured out into the air. God is not just simply judging man. God is also judging creation because our sin has tainted and corrupted all of creation. The idea of pouring out this bowl into the air is the idea of pouring out the bowl of God's wrath into the realm of the demons, the satanic realm. Often throughout Scripture, we see air, as in Ephesians chapter 6, being the domain of the demons. And so it may be seen right here in verse 17, that along with creation, the earth, the seas, the sun, the air, along with mankind, that even the very demons are being judged in this seventh bowl judgment. We see in verse 17, And a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. Again, John does not identify the person who's speaking, but the fact that this loud voice, once again, the emphasis on a loud voice, is coming out of the temple of heaven and from the throne, at the very least says, this gives the highest level of divine sanction that there is. In all likelihood, the Lord God from the throne of heaven is speaking, and he is saying, it is done. The phrase, it is done, reminds us of Jesus' words on the cross, it is finished. It is complete. On the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ 
had endured suffering, had been chastised for our sin, bore the stripes and the bruises that brought us healing. He had done everything necessary to bring about our salvation. But here in Revelation chapter 16, this phrase, it is done, means all of those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ will experience ultimately and completely the wrath of God. God has been patient. He has been long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. But now it is done. God's long-suffering with mankind in their sin, now it is all complete. His patience is over. It is time for all of mankind and all of creation, tainted by sin, continuing in rebellion against God, to experience his ultimate, complete, and final judgment. It is done. In verse 18, we see the results of this bowl being poured out into the air. And there were noises, and thunderings, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. As a result of the air experiencing the wrath of God, it erupted with noises and thunderings and lightnings. The atmosphere itself was responding to this judgment. And then we're told, and there was a great earthquake. This word great is used several times in this passage. But this is a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. There has never been an earthquake like this earthquake. This is the earthquake of all earthquakes. Let's pause for just a moment and put everything into perspective, because these judgments are stacking on top of one another. Men are experiencing painful sores. The sea has been turned to blood, and all that live in the seas have died. The rivers and springs have turned to blood. The drinking, the fresh water is tainted. The sun is scorching the people of the earth. They are blaspheming, refusing to repent and give God glory. Even the throne of the Antichrist has experienced darkness, and the pain and sores continue, so much so that men are gnawing their tongues. The river Euphrates has dried up, preparing a way for the kings of the east to come and begin the battle of Armageddon. And now we have this great earthquake with the sky boiling in response to this judgment, an earthquake that is so great in its magnitude that it has never been experienced by any man at any time in the entire history of the earth. These people are experiencing judgment on top of judgment on top of judgment, and yet they refuse to yield, to humble themselves, and to repent of their sin. In verse 19 we read, now the great city was divided into three parts. Many believe the great city here refers to Jerusalem. God is preparing Jerusalem for all of the end-time events now that will lead to the millennial reign of Christ. The great city, if it's Jerusalem, was divided into three parts, and then we're told the cities of the nations fell. All of the cities of all of the nations fell. There was complete and total destruction. And great Babylon was remembered before God 
to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. We see here Jerusalem divided into three parts, all the cities of the nations falling, and Babylon the Great, that which represents all of mankind's rebellious efforts against God. It is remembered before God, and God pours out the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. That is the strongest language in Scripture regarding God's anger, God's wrath, or judgment. And then we're told in verse 20, Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. As a result of this great earthquake, cities are falling, Jerusalem's being divided, Babylon's experiencing the wrath of God in a historic way, and every island disappears. The mountains are not found. Literally, everything's being leveled here. Again, many believe that what's taking place is geography is being reshaped for the Lord Jesus Christ's millennial reign. The earth is experiencing a cleansing, a change, a transformation in preparation for what's to come. At the same time, experiencing judgment for all of the sin and rebellion that has taken place. And then we're told in verse 21, And great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Hail, the size that has never been experienced or recorded on earth, begins to fall from heaven. The idea that it's falling from heaven isn't that it's just falling from the sky. It is falling from heaven. God is judging the earth. Most scholars believe that the weight referred to here, the weight of a talent, is somewhere between 45 and 100 pounds. The largest hailstone ever recorded appears to be about two pounds. We have hail falling from heaven anywhere between 45 and 100 pounds in weight. We cannot begin to comprehend the fear, the terror, the devastation that is being caused by this earthquake and by these hailstones. God is judging and cleansing, reshaping, tearing down things on earth in a way that has never taken place before. The result of all of this is found at the end of verse 21. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. Again, they did not repent. They did not yield. They did not fall upon their face before God and beg for mercy. They blasphemed God instead. This goes to tell us that people's hearts are so hardened against God, so hardened in their sinful rebellion, that regardless of the mighty works that God does, many will still fail to repent and trust Jesus Christ. What an amazing picture of the bondage that sin has on the hearts of mankind. Father, help us to be sensitive to your moving to your work. Help us to see you in nature around us, to see you in your holy word, to sense the work of your spirit in our hearts and lives. Help us to be drawn to you rather than to rebel against you. Father, we desire to please you in all of our lives. Guide and direct us to do so. And Father, we thank you for your patience and your long-suffering. 
Father, save people. Make your gospel known through your church. Help people to respond by faith. We praise you that so many people are seen being saved during this time of great tribulation. And yet, as you continue to work and display your power and your divine control over all things, I am astonished at how many people continue to refuse to bow their knee before you. But we're told in Scripture that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to your glory. Every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow. So ultimately, even those who refuse will one day yield an acknowledgement of your divine rule and reign. Father, I thank you that we who trust in Christ can bow before you in faith rather than in defeat. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.